0: You can reach us at proponacy.com. You are being forwarded to the contact center code. One of the dumbest things that I've ever done in my entire life is almost miss the birth of my son. And it was obviously evident that it was going to happen and I was just too stupid to see it. I uh, have, have helped birth two kids. Uh, first one, Christine was born about four or five days late from her due date. Um, second one, Kevin was due to be born on May 24th and was living in Texas at the time where I still am today. And he was due to be born on May 24th, but I had read an article that said only about 8% of kids are actually born on the due date uh, that their doctors have given them. So being someone that looks at statistics as 8%, that seems like a really low number. I'm going to go to San Antonio and do a presentation and get back in the same day. So Mr. Idiot uh, wakes up in the morning of the 24th, gets on an airplane, flies to San Antonio, starts to do my presentation, which I think lasted an hour, an hour and a half, and I don't even remember what the presentation was about. And my flight was due back at noon that day. When I was done with my presentation, my admin at the time called me and told me that my wife was in labor and was beginning to get contractions and that I needed to hurry back to Dallas. So I scurried from the San Antonio Hotel, got to the airport, I think at about 11 o'clock, and then had to wait an hour for my plane to take off. And that was the dumbest hour of my life because I realized just what an idiot I was and how dumb I was to think that I could actually miss my son's birth, and I didn't even know it was the son at the time, over the fact that I was doing some sort of a dumb presentation in San Antonio. Needless to say, the plane took off on time. I landed in 27 minutes, which was really fast, uh, back to the airport, but then there was a 45 minute hold on the runway waiting for a gate to open, so I had to sit there knowing now I could miss the birth of my my new child with sitting in a runway tarmac. Uh, needless to say, I was able to make it. Kevin was not born until the 25th of May, so all turned out okay. But it taught me a pretty important lesson that I probably could have learned if I had read a book that came out in 1989, which was called Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Successful People. If you never read the book, you should. In the book, he's got seven habits that people that are are successful can use. And those seven habits are, number one, be proactive. Two, start with the end in mind. Three, put first things first. Four, think win-win. Five, seek first to understand and then be understood, uh, synergize, and finally, number seven, sharpen the saw. So the good news is he wrote this great book. The bad news is it took me years and years and years and years and years before I ever read it. When I did read it, it was, I think that the start with the end in mind was the most, liked part of the book because it was focused on goal setting. And quite simply, if you didn't set goals, then you really didn't have any way of knowing exactly where you were going. But after I read the book, the one that really hit me was the put first things first. And in that in that section of the book, they talked about four different quadrants that they had, and you're probably going to have to write these down so that you under, understand them. So in the top quadrants, they had an, not urgent or urgent and not urgent. And in the the vertical ones, they had not important and important. And the premise was that we have a tendency in life to focus on the not urgent, not important stuff and the urgent and important stuff and the urgent and not important stuff. But what we were missing is we were missing the important but not urgent. And that those were the things that really mattered in life, thus the term put first things first. And that without recognizing and acknowledging and seeing those priorities, you were missing life. So for me, that meant to sit down and lay out my priorities and then apply them to my week. So on Sunday night, I would sit down and I would and I would look at my priorities and schedule my week accordingly to make sure that if there were things that were important but not urgent they were on my calendar. So my seven priorities were first, that I had a strong relationship with Jesus, which meant that I needed to do my daily Bible reading time, I put into my schedule a Bible study that I went to, Uh, I was doing some helping out at the church. I put that onto my schedule. And of course, I was going to church on the weekend and that was on my schedule as well. Second was my wife. She was my priority number two. So what do I need to do to have a great relationship with my wife? Well, that meant that I need to schedule a date night. It meant that we need to try to find some time during the week to sit down and have coffee and make sure that we were communicating. Third was what I need to do to be a great dad or a great son. So that meant that I wanted to load up all of the baseball games or soccer games or school events or whatever was going on. So that was third. So it was Jesus, my wife, my kids. Fourth was my health. So I needed to make sure that I loaded in my exercise, my exercise time each week. And then fifth on my list was work. And then of course I would load all my work schedule in. That didn't mean that I came close to being perfect and that I made every single baseball game or every single date lunch. But what it meant was, is that I was able to schedule many things around those things that were most important to me to make sure that I didn't miss things and I didn't look back and say, you know what? I missed all these things because I was so focused on work. So Stephen Covey put first things first really, really helped. And I'm sure at this point you're saying, listen, thank you, Michael, that's really great. I can use that in my my personal life, but this is really all about contact centers. So how are you gonna connect this? Well, the way I'm gonna connect this is, is I wanna take a look at those four quadrants, the put first things first, and look at them in the contact center. And just address some of those issues and just have you see them and see how you spend your time, because I really would like you to look at where you're spending your time and where you're spending most of your time. So first up is not urgent and not important. And those are, those are discussions about politics, sports, even COVID-19 discussions that don't concern an outbreak or some sort of a plan at work, hobbies. All the time that you spend discussing stuff that's not urgent and not important. Next up is urgent and not important. And that's emails and gossip. Think about the number of emails that you either receive or send that you copy a whole bunch of people that don't need to see them, don't need to have anything to do with them, and they're there. And then gossip is something that's very, very urgent because I gotta go tell somebody else, but it's not important at all. And I cannot begin to tell you how important it is for you not to be gossiping. And you've heard me say that in other podcasts that I've done, do not be a gossip. And if you do have to have some sort of a discussion about something that's going on at work, please make sure you do it at your peer level or you do it one level up. And then there's the urgent and important stuff. And this is the stuff that we have to do that's a priority on our list. And that could be escalations or what your boss has asked you to do. Those are urgent and important and you need to do those. Discipline and correction, adherence, attendance, service level, calls and queue, employee reviews, employee questions and complaints, deadlines, all that stuff is urgent and important. And if you're one of those people that's saying, well, well, Michael, you've just explained my week, you've explained my month, you've explained my year, because I spend all of my time in that category, that's what I do all the time, and I don't really have time to do anything else. And, and, and I know that there is enormous stress and pressure to accomplish all the things that you need to accomplish but I'm now going to attack the the important but not urgent areas that you must schedule into your week and not give them short shrift and not get to them. You need to get to them on a weekly basis. And number one is connecting with employees, encouraging employees. We need to put this important but not urgent into our schedule. Do you do that? Do you have some time every week where you encourage and connect with the employees in ways that you know exactly what you're going to do and you make sure that you hit them all, the ones that you like, the ones that you don't like, the ones that are roses, the ones that are weeds. Are you spending enough time with them in those areas? Planning for employees to improve. There is the actual meeting and discussion and connecting with employees. What about the times when you're not connecting them? the planning to sit down and figure out what you're going to do for them, which means that you're investing time in them, not necessarily when you're talking to them, but investing time in planning what it is you're going to do with, do with them. Career planning and training, whether it be for your employees or for yourself. You know, podcasts like these are important. Hopefully mine's important, but if it's not and there are others that are more important, schedule them. Make sure that you listen to them. Find time to not only find ways to improve yourself, but to help improve others as well. If you schedule these items into your work week, I mean, literally block out times on your work week for your employees, you'll you'll get them done. It doesn't mean you'll be perfect. It doesn't mean there won't be urgent and important things that will affect you. But the point is, if they're on your calendar and they're scheduled, you will get them done. You will put first things first and make sure that they get done. Many, many years ago, I went to a, retreat with a bunch of other people at the time that were running companies. And we were sitting in a circle outside. It was, uh, I don't know, probably seven 30 at night or on a campfire. And the moderator of our, our discussion at the time said, what's the best thing and the worst thing that's happened to you in the last 90 days? Uh, first person up, you know, was guy said, you know what? He goes, we just got a deal with IBM. It's one of the biggest deals that we've ever gotten. And it's, um, it was really, really good. And, and the team is really excited about it. And I'm really excited about it. And I think the worst thing that happened was is that him and his wife had put an offer on a, on a house and they, they didn't get this house that they really wanted to get. Then the next person up said, you know, I have just been moved into this position of president. It's something I've wanted to do for a really, really long time. Uh, I got the promotion. I've put my team in place that put the, the, the strategy that we've got in place and I've now got an opportunity to have an impact on this company and our customers and people's lives and I'm so excited and I'm so jazzed about it and I can't wait to do it. And the worst thing that happened to him was is, is that he had uh, lost a grandparent in 90 days and it kind of went like this with a, a business one and then either a sickness or you know family issue or something like that had gone around the table and, and got halfway through to me. And I stopped and I went. Well, the worst thing that happened to me was is that I, I've had a cold or an allergy, and that's been kind of bugging me. So it's been something I've worked on. But but the best thing that's happened to me in the last ninety days is that um, is that the Rockets beat the Cowgirls. And of course, everybody raised their eyebrows and said, "Well, well, what's that all about?" And I said, "Well, you know, I have a I have a, a nine year old daughter who um, plays on a soccer team, and they've been playing together since they were five. All the girls have been playing on the same team." and we've been playing this team called the Cowgirls, and the Cowgirls have beat us twice a year, every year, for the last four years. And, you know, I don't know what it was about the Cowgirls, whether they were all, they they drafted all the girls from Eastern European countries, or they were doing some sort of drugs, I don't know, or their coaches were just the best coaches on earth, but they were very, very on purpose about these girls, and, and they were just killers. They wiped everybody out, they won every single game, I don't think they ever lost a game in four years. So, the other cool thing about my daughter's soccer team was, is that I was one of the assistant coaches. And that was cool, but what really made it great was that there was eight other assistant coaches as well. So the head coach understood soccer, and there was one other guy that actually knew soccer, and then there was seven of the rest of us that didn't know anything about soccer, but the head coach said, listen, if you want to be an assistant coach, you can come and be one. So we were all assistant coaches. So. You wouldn't, you'd find every Saturday afternoon, the dad's there yelling and screaming. We didn't really know what we were doing or what we were teaching, but the, the head coach was nice enough to let us be assistant coaches. So anyway, we, we play the, the Cowgirls and in the first, um, first half, nobody scores. And my daughter who plays defense was moved over to offense. And in the second half, she scored a goal. Well, at the end of a soccer game, they blow the whistle twice. So we get to the end of the soccer game and the ref blows the whistle twice, which meant we won. And I turned and I looked into the stands and the moms and the dads and the kids were, were screaming and yelling. And I looked at all the coaches and they were all jumping up and down. And I turned and I, and I locked eyes on my nine-year-old daughter and she had a look of joy and pride on her face. And I said, that was the best moment that I've had in the last 90 days. We don't want to miss those moments. We want to make sure that we make them and that we're a part of them. And I want to make sure that, that when we look at Stephen Covey's seven habits, the put first things first, yes, the, the work quadrants are important, but I don't want you to miss those moments at home. And the only way that you can do that is to set your priorities and to plan accordingly to make sure that you don't miss them. I hope the podcast this week uh, helped you to get a better look at priorities and putting first things first. And boy, I hope that the podcasts over the course of this year have been something that you've enjoyed. I've certainly enjoyed doing them. This is my final podcast of 2020. So I wanted to wish each of you a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and Happy New Year. I'm really looking forward to 2021, not because I hated 2020, it wasn't everything that I wanted it to be, I'm sure it wasn't for you either, but you know what, a lot of really great things happened in 2020 and I'd encourage you to look back in this year not as something that you wanna get rid of, but hopefully something that we can build on. And that's our goal is to build on 2020 in the coming year, I hope you're a better leader and a better manager today than you were uh, at the beginning of this year, and I hope that you'll extend and get better next year. Don't forget, one of the best presents you can give me would be to send me some areas that you might want me to talk about, some areas of leadership or contact centers or maybe particular problems or issues. Would love to to share those with everybody else and and talk about them. So you can reach me at mtamer.com at Proponacy.com. You know, I still follow that priority list. Every Sunday night I sit down and lay out my priorities and apply them to my week. My priorities have changed a little bit. Jesus is still first, my wife is still second, but in third place now is my kids, my grandkids, and I still have my parents. Fourth is still health and fifth is work. So if you're doing anything and you make some changes, I would love to know about that as well. If you're listening to this podcast, odds are pretty good you're a leader in the contact center maybe that's a supervisor a manager or director or a vp or president who knows but if you are you're capable you can get better you hopefully are better and i hope you continue to get better i know you can i look forward to talking to you soon bye bye now you are being forwarded to the contact center code